Blog Talk Radio. Hey, you guys, and welcome to the Steel Wars Call-In Show. I am comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. And what? What a week. What a week. Let's think of all the, the surprising weeks in Star Wars history. You know, I, I remember when they announced that The Phantom Menace was going to be made. Very exciting, you know. Lucas had said he's not making any more films. Some people thought he was going to. But I always trusted George Lucas. He's since gone on to become maybe my favourite liar because all these lies always work out good for me. The sale to Disney and uh, the announcement of The Force Awakens, uh, another shocking day in Star Wars history. But this week, not only are we getting three more Star Wars films set somewhere we have no idea where. So exciting. They're going to be helmed by Ryan Johnson. And somehow, who would have thought that the week that we get confirmed that we will be getting a live-action TV show on a streaming service, that that's not the biggest story of the week. Crazy. And as for that Rebels mid-season finale, barely a blip on the radar now. So we have got so much to talk about. All right, I believe we have got our co-host from Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners, and Blue Harvest, Hawes Burkhart. What's up, buddy? Oh, man, that, you, you took so long. Those, that, that extra second you took to say, what's up, buddy? Oh, that was a long time in my life. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, dude. I'm sorry about all the problems. I'm typically uh, not the one that has those kind of problems. Oh, that seems like a straight jab to uh, Jonathan Grasso right there. I love it. I love it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, technology is awesome when it, it does work and uh, less so when it's not. But, uh, Hawes, I was just going through... The, the huge, like, surprising, out-of-the-blue Star Wars news days like we had uh, this week. Do you have any of those that come to mind? I would say the, the one that's still the biggest for me is the Disney buyout. Mm-hmm. I, I remember it so vividly uh, sitting. I had just gotten home from work. I set up my laptop uh, to send, in, send off all my work for the day and sort of mess around and I was not in the habit of checking the force.net anymore because you know what's there to check right and I go there just on a whim and the very first thing on the page is Disney buys Star Wars uh, goes into production of episode 7 for 2015 and like just pure shock for hours that was something that was something. Yeah. I know that. What do you make of this week's news, buddy? I am so excited. Oh, my goodness. The, the Ryan Johnson trilogy news, uh, I, I, it's exactly what I wanted to hear. I'm so excited. What do you make of the TV? The TV, I'm a, you know, the TV, I, I still think the TV series is, probably going to be a little further out. I know they're planning on launching the app in what what was it in 2019 is when they're planning on bringing out the Disney streaming service. And yeah. I, I just don't know if they can if they can get a, a high enough quality Star Wars TV show ready for the launch of that thing. So I have a feeling it may even be a, a little further out from 2019. I'm excited. I, uh, I, I think I'll be more excited when we start getting some ideas of what that TV series is going to be. Yeah, I was talking to someone today about this, and I would either hope that they've been developing this TV show for quite a while, or it doesn't come out in 2019. Because it just yeah. seems like a real short, you know, for the m- amount of stuff that has to get generated in pre-production for a Star Wars 
um, you know, any sort of live action, you know, like you want it to be uh, like that extra bit of work gone into it. Yeah, and I, I can only imagine, you know, I don't know what route they would take. I would imagine it would be one of the small, like, you know, um, like a Marvel series that's like 10 episodes long or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I can only imagine the extra amount of work that goes behind having to produce 10 hours of Star Wars live-action content versus a two- to two-and-a-half-hour movie. So I'm with you. I hope it's been in development for a long while now, if if they are planning it for 2019. Yeah, it, it's just even... It's just so weird to think that you'll be able to see new Star Wars live action on television. Like, that to me is so surreal. Uh, yeah, and, and, and you know, like, uh, really, I'm sure there's better examples. The one that I just keep going back to is, is the Marvel Netflix series. And, you know, there's definitely moments of those where they don't exactly seem like the most high-budget production. Um, lots of office buildings and, and warehouse sets and stuff. And you can't really do that with Star Wars, you know? Um, so it, I'm really curious to see what they're going to do as far as the setting and the general sort of tone and stuff with the TV series to compensate for the fact that they're not going to have, you know, a movie-style budget for this thing. At least I would imagine they won't. Yeah, I remember watching Marvel, the, um, oh, what was the show with the Marvel show? It was like the first spinoff, I feel like. The Shield, Agents, Agents of the of Shield. Shield. Yeah. yeah, and I remember watching a, the first few episodes of that and it just feeling quite dinky compared to like a proper Marvel film. Right, and that's, that's what I really hope they don't do with this. Um, you know, I, I, I could see it. I don't really know that it's so foreign a concept, a live-action Star Wars show, to think about that it's hard for me to imagine which route they could take it. You know, if they go the underworld route, like they were considering back in the day, you know, Coruscant doesn't seem like a, uh, uh, a cheap place to try to create for TV, you know? Um, no, not well. And I've, <laughs> I've seen some awful CG on TV, too. So, it just, uh, it, it makes me slightly nervous, but more excited than nervous. Yeah, I am kind of, I'm kind of Han Solo movie about it, where it wouldn't have been my choice, but I hope it's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Honestly, it feels like uh, the announcement that came that you just knew was going to come eventually. Like, it just made sense that they would eventually try to go that route. I know it's come up in conversations with, like, Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy and in interviews and stuff before. So it's not all that surprising. To me, the, the Ryan John trilogy, that was way more surprising than the TV. Yes. And more out of West Field, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like Man. Many, many people predicted, you know, maybe an episode 10, but, right. you know, to drop, drop a whole new trilogy. And, like, I've been going on about this for so long that, like, the bravest and the most profitable thing for them to do and creatively stimulating, I think, is to develop a whole new part of the timeline or part of the galaxy and then they can mm-hmm. got this entire new uh, galaxy to merchandise and make up stories about and, and sell yeah. action figures and um, Funko Pops and the like. Oh no, did you see that Funko Pop stock price? Woo! <laughs> buddy. Looked a bit like a Beanie Baby stock price. I, look, I love me some Funko Pots, but I, I constantly refer to them as this generation's Beanie Babies. So it doesn't really surprise me all that much. Yeah, but I, I, I do admire the company. I, I, 
I, mm-hmm. I really do admire what they've done with uh, giant-headed, wacky deals. But here's the thing. If it does come out in 2019, which I don't think it is, I never thought they were going right. to make a TV show before 2020 and a bit after that. So at least if it does get delayed by a few months, I'll still be right. And, you know, that's the right. most important thing to me. But <laughs> one would assume, like this is the math, that you need more than now till 2019 to make it good, good. Mm-hmm. And if they are going to bring it out in 2019, have they been working on it already? And if they have, Hawes Burkhardt, hats off to them for keeping it so secret. Oh, for real. If this has been <laughs> quietly worked on for a year or more already, wow. Um, and, and, you know, they have all those underworld scripts. I definitely don't feel like they're just going to take those and turn that into a TV show. They've said before, you know, that they, they have that as a, a huge source of material and inspiration. Um, I've heard it mentioned that, like, maybe even some of the Han Solo stuff came from that, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if they used that as a jumping-off point and kept elements and characters and storylines from that that they liked, then that could be a, a, a chunk of the work out of the way already. Um, I, you know what I'm really interested to find out is who they're going to get to run it, who the showrunner is going to be on this TV series. Well, the phone has been running hot, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> I, I would like to, this is just my little nitpicking thing, you know, out into the fandom. Can we please stop pitching that stories from other Star Wars media be made into live action versions? So like comic books you, you, and stuff like that, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like Lost Stars or any books or a, a comic book. It's just <laughs> new stories, always new stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly not that interested. Like I, I really enjoyed Lost Stars. I'm taking nothing away from it, but I wouldn't necessarily be that interested in an adaption of that, be it in the movie or TV form, because I already know that story. Like, this isn't, I don't want a situation where, like, I don't know, something like Game of Thrones where I've read the books and now I'm watching the show or something to that effect. Like, I would prefer it to be something original where they can surprise me and, and I don't know what's coming, you know? Yeah, I, like, I'm not a Game of Thrones watcher or reader by any measure. Definitely not a reader. I've seen a couple of episodes here because Jackie watches them. But I did find it so weird that it was like a TV show of like something that people had already read. Right. So, right. And yeah. Then, and then, then it, it passed the books by a large margin. Like they're way past what has been written now. So... And, and the other thing is, is like with the TV show, with the Star Wars TV show, I don't see how they can get enough episodes out of any. Like, you know, if they wanted to do Lost Stars, that's like a miniseries. That's not a continuous TV show with seasons, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know of anything that they could adapt that would give them enough to do several seasons of a show. Mm. The other thing about Lost Stars, and I, it is one of my favourite Star Wars books, but a lot of those scenes take place in places that we've already seen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, it's a little Back to the Future too. Yeah, but even just to replicate those sets on a TV budget could be a worry. Could be. Could definitely be an issue. Something tells but, me um, if they had to replicate Hoth, they're not going to fly everybody out to Norway for a TV show. Well, not with that attitude, but um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I love that book. But yeah, I, I just want to have, have new stuff happen. I, like the thought of, I don't know, just the lack of that extra bit of excitement if they were making something live action and you knew the end already. Mm-hmm. I, I totally it's, agree. Yeah, like it, it's so fun to, you know, put together all the little, you know, try to put together all the little clues and all that sort of stuff, you know? You're into that, surely. Absolutely. I was, hey, I was a huge Lost fan. I spent six years trying to put together clues and not figuring anything out. 
<laughs> now, um, we are going to get to a bunch of calls. I just want to quickly go through what's been happening on the Steel Wars feed. Uh, on the Patreon, which is just $3 a month, we've got two new Making Steel Wars episodes with Jason Ward and I <coughs> trying to work out what images and scenes in the, uh, the teaser and the trailer, where they actually fit into the movie, in what order does all this happen? And uh, that's, uh, I think there was an hour and a half episode on the teaser and then a two and a half hour episode on the trailer. So uh, people have been enjoying that one. And uh, also this fun. week... Oh, thanks, man. And we've got Chris Gord's dysfunctional Star Wars panel from LA Comic Con. That is going to be going up over the weekend. So keep refreshing your feed for that. Uh, it's the, we do this uh, at various comic cons, it seems, and uh, it's the next little uh, chapter. And the comedian Tommy Bechtold that was on the last one at San Diego Comic Con, he's on this one again, and he's so funny. He just <laughs> kills me. But um, one of the reasons why you're on here today, Hawes, is because you've been doing, uh, you've been given back to the kids that are having a less than fun uh, Christmas break. And we just recorded a, uh, a bonus show for people wanting to support that that's on your band camp. Tell us about that, buddy. Yeah, so <clears throat> friend to the podcast, Brandon Manriquez, organized this event this year called the Kessel Toy Run. And it benefits two hospitals, uh, I believe it's the Long Beach Memorial ER and Miller's Children's Hospital. And he's basically doing a toy drive for Star Wars toys uh, for kids ages 1 to 12. And like you said, it's just to help bring a little happiness to some kids that aren't having, you know, the best holiday season, I, could, I guess you could say. And uh, for a little while now, for a couple of months, I've been thinking about putting together some sort of charity episode to raise a little money for some sort of charity. And when Brandon told me about this toy drive he was doing, it seemed like the perfect kind of fit. So I uh, got a bunch of my podcasting buddies together uh, and we recorded over four, it's four hours and 37 minutes of Star Wars holiday podcasting. And uh, all the proceeds from the sale of the episode go to help the Kessel Toy Run. And it's available at blueharvestpodcast.bandcamp.com. Very cool. I've, I've, I've gotten, I haven't got to the first guest. I think I'm just up to when uh, Amanda and Jason Ward are going to come on. But I, oh, okay. uh, I'm very excited. Great lineup. Great lineup. <laughs> yeah, everybody was super cool and, and super, super helpful. Um, Eric Strothers donated some killer music for it, and everybody was just super game to do it, so much so that, like, I couldn't get everybody on the show that I wanted to. I started running out of time. So uh, if, it's, if it's successful this year, which it's already, i got to say, people are, are, are being very generous with purchasing the episode and stuff. So uh, if we do one next year, I've already got stuff in, uh, in mind for that one. Nice. Well, we've actually got from uh, the Kessel Toy Run, uh, the man behind it, Brandon. He's on the line. How you doing, buddy? Good, buddy. How are you? I am good. Did I tell you Brandon was coming on the show, Horse, or is this like a, a this is your life <coughs> surprise appearance? Uh, I heard whispers through the grapevine, the grapevine being Brandon. Brandon told me he was coming on. <laughs> so, Brandon, give us the rundown on uh, how the Kessel Toy Run came to be. Uh, well, I work in a pediatric uh, hospital. Uh, we are uh, fully functioning. We have adults and kids, and we have a, its own separate wing. And I recently graduated nursing school. And uh, I got trained in the pediatric department, and it kind of just changed my whole view on a lot of things, uh, meaning everything the parents have to go through, uh, whether that be a traumatic event or, um, you know, a diagnosis that isn't, you know, it's either terminal or they're going to have months and months of hospitalization. And I was just sitting around one weekend and heard uh, 
it was you know not to go to a dark place, but it was uh, the weekend of the Las Vegas uh, shootings, and we had lost a family member, and one of our coworkers had a medical emergency, and uh, it was it was kind of a bad weekend. So I just had to do something positive, and I was talking to Jason and uh, paused, and it just seemed like the right time. I we just I just had to do something positive to get out of all the the bad headspace. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit lost for words. I'm, I'm so impressed that, you know, you turn that negative feeling into what seems to be a, a really cool project. And I'm just having a quick look at the, the chat room that goes on live. And uh, a fair few people have already picked up the episode. They're, uh, they're digging it. Um, Michael Morris want you to know Brandon that his packages should have arrived today so I don't know if you can vouch for Michael's claims <laughs> we've been checking it pretty frequently uh, the, you know the post office workers are impressed of how many packages are coming through uh, I work night shifts so sometimes it's a little hard to get back to uh, the post office when it's like back to back shifts but uh, we went today there was, uh, there was a package or two today and, uh, you know, we'll go back Monday. We've been going through it as, as best we can and posting pictures so people can see uh, what they're sending in. Um, you know, so they, you know, I think it's a great thing to be able to see a tangible item that somebody is touching, being able to be handed to somebody instead of sending in a monetary donation. And then, you know, you don't really know where that money goes to. So uh, we're trying. We're trying. I'll, I've been posting pictures as best as I can. And, and yeah. adding people whenever I well. I, I love the idea that the thing that you send, I don't know, it's, it's kind of, I guess, kind of selfish on my part that I, I, like, I like that I know what they'll be, like, will be making them happy. Yeah, exactly. No, that's, exa- that's exactly it. Now, and, that's, um, and that's how, how are they going to be Go actually ahead. distributed? Like, how, how are you going to get them out to, you know, there's obviously quite a, a pile amassing there, which is awesome. Yeah. So, um, actually, today, uh, we kind of were, I've, I've been talking with the Child Life Department, which is a uh, people that make, that go around to rooms and help kids out and talk to them through, you know, they talk them through procedures and what's going to happen. And uh, I've been talking to the coordinator, and we're working on getting, um you know, friend of the show, Sal, uh, his group, Saber Guild, to, they're going to show up in, in full gear uh, with some characters and help distribute the toys uh, to the kids. And obviously, you know, there's so many toys showing up, we're not going to, a lot of it might not be distributed at Christmas. You know, we don't want 50 presents going to one kid at a time. Mm-hmm. So um, they'll be distributed at Christmas and then, you know, continue throughout the year. Uh, as it goes on. You know, I've interviewed so many people about their Star Wars memories and, you know, a lot of times it's stuff from, like, the 90s and the 80s and about how, you know, fans as kids sort of found, you know, strength and inspiration from Star Wars and their Star Wars toys. But yeah. I, I think... And, and people really love those hearing those stories, but I think what we don't realise is those stories are also happening now and uh, whatever's donated this Christmas could have, you know, a really cool lasting effect and, you know, a sort of warm memory in an otherwise... Like, if they're in contention to get a toy from you through this, they're not having the best Christmas ever. It's probably their worst one. No. Right. Exactly. And even their even their family members, you know, I posted the other day, I, had, I took care of a family, and uh, they had been diagnosed with... Uh, cancer a little under a year ago and they spent last Christmas in the hospital so I got to talk to her about it and you know it's not only for those kids but those kids siblings you know they're not having a normal Christmas either so at Christmas time they only get like on Christmas day they only get four hours to visit with outside visitors because you know they their immune systems aren't are working uh, correctly and you know we don't want to get them sick so uh it's 
they're not having a good time. Their families are obviously going through a hardship. So whatever we can do to make it better will be great. And just seeing the Star Wars logo on a box is it's iconic. I mean, it is for us as kids growing up with it. And it, like you said, it's going on now where they see it and they love it. They don't care if it's, you know, Constable Zuvio or Luke Skywalker. They're going to love, they're going to love the toy. That said, don't send your Constable Zuvios, guys. <laughs> you know? <laughs> let's, let's get someone from the film here. <laughs> Yeah, send as many uh, Luke X-Wings as you can. Um, you know, we'll yeah, take the Zuvios, we'll, but uh, the Lutes and Dars are always a big hit. Yeah, otherwise we'll have Heath from Twitter just sending in boxes of Zuvios. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> I know it's all charity, I know it's all good, but we, we do have to set some women. Let's, uh, let's get some characters from the actual film. To add to it, it's a great time because we have all these female leads. You know, we got Ray, Jen... We, you know, we always have Leia. We've been getting a lot of Force of the Destiny stuff, which is cool. Um, right. You know, that's awesome. And so it's it's not such a boys' club for the kids. You know, they we can distribute, you know, evenly. That's awesome. Well, in the chat room, Emily Lins, she's saying that she had so much fun picking out stuff to send. So, um, yeah, I hope these kids like Ben Mendelsohn as uh, director Krennic because they're about <laughs> to get a a large <laughs> amount of white-caped Mendos. Now, uh, Brandon, let uh, our listeners know where they can contribute toys or Amazon gift voucher-type items to your course. Um, all right. So you can send it to the – we've been just – I went and got a P.O. box when this all started. Uh, it's in my name because uh, apparently if I put – the charity's name on it, it might not be delivered. So I had to just use my name. It's P.O. Box 7232, Long Beach, California, 90807. So they can send, you know, if they want to go to the store and buy it and mail it, that's fine. Um, or, if, you know, as collectors, sometimes people hoard stuff throughout the years and they just don't want to get rid of it, but they're not going to do anything with it. It's fine if it's still in the package, you know, we'll take it. Uh, you know, just send it to that P.O. box. And we've set up a wish list, which my fiancé has been on top of, just adding things to it for ideas. You know, you can pick whatever you want, but if you don't know, you can just go to uh, Amazon and search uh, the Kessel Toy Run uh, wish list and find the list there. And then you don't even have to go to the post office. Amazon will take care of it for you. Uh, I'd appreciate it if anyone sends stuff. You can remain anonymous, but... You know, it's always nice to know uh, no names to the people that are giving, not just for uh, to be recognized, but just for my own own sake. It's it's awesome to see how how big the Star Wars community is coming through. And you can find cool. us on Twitter at Kessel Toy Run or on Facebook at uh, Kessel Toy Run. Dope, Brandon. Uh, so proud of you and uh, what you're doing and all the all that information for the website and the Twitter and the address I'll put that in the show notes of the episode so if people are listening to this on their phones they just need to read the notes underneath and all the deets will be there but thanks so much for calling in brother absolutely man thanks for uh, everything you guys do thanks for being a part of this it's uh, it's turning into a great thing awesome all buddy alright guys and- Cheers, mate. See you, buddy. And, of course, we've got the, uh, a real easy way to uh, help contribute some cash to go to some extra toys and get, what did you say, horse? Four hours of listening? Four hours and 37 minutes. All right. So just so I can budget my time, how long is it without the Johnny Grasso bit? Four hours and seven minutes. All right. Four hours and seven minutes of... <laughs> Golden Winston coming my way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, And, and, you know, uh, real quickly, one thing I thought was a kind of cool thing for the the charity episode was it allows people that are maybe international from the United States that are outside of the United States to contribute in some way that doesn't involve having to pay crazy shipping fees from overseas. Thinking, And, uh, of course, you can... 
add whatever, like it's $4, but if you want to chuck in a little bit extra, that is the option too on Bandcamp. Hey, Hawes, how about we take some calls? Excellent idea. All right. So uh, these loaded lines tonight, but uh, we will pound through as many as we can. I am on a bit of a short leash time-wise this evening because I've got some culture to attend. Uh, shortly Uh-oh. after the show, I know. Um, yeah, maybe you'll find out about it later. I'm not sure. But uh, let's go to fellow podcaster and Steel Wars Patreon member from the Bad Motivators podcast, Blue Cruiser. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's up, dude? Oh, nothing. I'm feeling a wide range of emotion tonight, fellas. I have. I added. I added, I added oh, a new one. Lie down, Luke. Lie down. Lie down. Dim the lights <laughs> and, and, and let your two doctors probe your emotions. Well, I, well, I added one after hearing Brandon and Hawes talk about all that great charity work, and I can attest that Blue Harvest Holiday Special, primo stuff. Really good. Definitely. Definitely buy it for sure. Well, um, thanks, you buddy. did a great job, Hawes. I mean, just for I mean, for the interaction between you and, and Will in the beginning, you know, Will giving his his Christmas, you know, the food tips, very good. I, it, it gave me ideas, and I never cook, so that's a that's saying something. <laughs> um, right on. But I'm feeling I'm feeling like you know emotional because that's such a great cause. Um, I'm also feeling over the moon thrilled that our man Ryan Johnson's getting three new movies. Um, and I am extremely apprehensive of the TV show. I'm really afraid that they're going to, it's going to get too, too TV CGI, you know, crappy. You guys, you guys are kind of talking about that. It kind of worries me. I feel like if we, if we stick with cartoons, it's easier to kind of, if we don't like it, to kind of write it off. But like, if you, and it's a lot easier to go to different worlds, and like you know, with Star Wars, it's kind of hard to stay in one place for too long. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and I feel like, and I feel like they'd have to do that if they went with a with a TV show, kind of stick to some some you know similar areas to keep to keep the budget down. Yeah, but you have to think that a live action TV show, given the technology that's in Star Wars and the world, it's going to have to be pretty grounded like they can't be yeah like like the amount of like production work that goes into each planet it it's hard to imagine that they'd be able to you know bounce around to different planets and still have it you know kind of visually which is is sort of like the standard i've got in my little heart is that it's visually Mm -hmm. similar to the film but yeah at, at, at least close you know, I mean, if it's if it's really off, like you know, some kind of like cheesy like '90s like early 2000s Star Trek, where you know it's all kinds of weird. Like I, I couldn't deal, and it would like it would like hurt my heart to see it get to that level. You know, like like cartoons can really, you know, they can they can go different places. They can really still do it, and that's what I was hoping they were going to announce. I was hoping they were going to announce a cartoon. You know, maybe. Maybe doing like the the Kylo and Luke story, you know, something like that. Because I'm, I really don't want. I I, I really hope that if they do a live active TV, when they do a live active TV show, they're not. It's a, it's a brand new story. Like no, I, I hope they don't. I hope they don't bring in any legacy characters anywhere near it. You know what I mean? Like that. Like that. That kind of worries me too. But yeah. But like besides that, different actors playing like characters that you already know. Like oh. Yeah. Yeah, it would just be ugly quick. But I, 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 uh, and people have been saying it, but um, the uh, the fact that Ryan Johnson's getting three new movies that definitely speaks to how much uh, they think of the Last Jedi, and it has got me even more thrilled if that's even possible to see this movie. Like I'm just like tiptoeing, like down on the edges of my feet, just waiting to see this thing. Now it's crazy. Yeah, it, no doubt. It's, um, you know, everyone at the moment is, or not everyone, but 
a certain section of Twitter <laughs> is really sweating on these uh, Justice League first reviews to come in. You know, there's a lot of this embargo uh-huh. talk and, and uh, DC fans, I don't know if it's the ones that I just see get retweeted, but they are uptight. They need to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares how long the hey. film is, man? Who cares? <laughs> I, uh, I, hey, if, if I was a DC fan and I saw that Batman versus Superman movie, I'd be nervous too. I don't blame you. <laughs> oh, dude. That's pretty rough. But, yeah, so people are waiting for these first reviews, but I think, like, this is a very, I don't know, cryptic first review of The Last Jedi, and that's, here's three more films. Do them somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's another thing. I mean, you know, they, they said in, a, in a, an edge of the galaxy, we never explored. You know, that's great. Like, that's what I wanted to hear. And, like, you know, originally I was hoping and, and, that... It has to mean the Clone Wars, yeah? Oh, of course. <laughs> what else would it be? It's Clone no, Wars or nothing at this point. <laughs> guys, it's in between episode four and five. We've not gotten anything oh. there before. Uh, it's oh, gotta man. Be. It's gotta be. Or, it's, of course, it's gotta be KOTOR as well. It's gotta be, you know, it's gotta be, you know, the, the Old Republic. It can't be anything else. It can't. They can't just go off and do something we never heard of. They've got to they gotta ground it somewhere that we feel familiar. That's, that's what everybody's doing right now. <laughs> yeah. but I, I just, I just I, find all, all new so exciting. Like the fact that they're going to build a whole, or maybe going to build a whole new world, you know, like part of the galaxy or timeline, and it's, it's just all, all going to be made up, all new stuff. I find that mm. so tantalizing. <clears throat> It would just be nice to not have our own preconceived notions already attached to something, you know what I mean? Like, we can just mm-hmm. go into it and feel free without worrying about, oh, I hope they connect this correctly. I hope they don't, you know, erase something that happened to you before, you know? It'll be, it'll be new and exciting. And I can't wait for it. Me neither. Now, uh, Luke, uh, get in a sweet, cheeky plug for your podcast. <laughs> okay. Um I do a podcast with uh, Eric Strothers, uh, who does some, a lot of work for Steel, all that good stuff, and uh, Dallas Wood. It's called The Bad Motivators. We release every Wednesday, and we're just three kooky dudes talking about Star Wars. It's good fun. Nice. And I listen. Yeah, that was an interesting <laughs> choice of words. Uh-huh. Hey, what, what can I we're say? What are three zany guys? Chatting war. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy guys. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I listen every week, and it's one of the shows that when something like this happens, I, I, I look forward to hearing the show to see what you guys think. And uh, Thanks, man. Yeah, so I recommend you guys check it out. We've got so many calls, so I will, uh, I'll talk to you soon, Luke. All right. Have a good night, guys. All righty. And uh, on the line now, very special guest. Uh, all the way from makingstarwars.net. It's Jason Ward. How you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, buddy. What's up? This is in my car. Pulled over for safety. Wanted to say hello. No. Nice. I, 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 I think some people would rather it if you kept driving and maybe squinted a little. <laughs> oh, a lot of people would rather I just kept driving. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are your emotions in these uh, exciting times, Jason Ward? Yeah, um, I'm I'm super jazzed. And uh, back in like what was it, 2014, when we were hearing that Ryan Johnson was directing the Last Jedi, like before it was announced, but we knew it was happening. One of the things that uh, a lot of the rumors that went around kept stating over and over was that it Ryan Johnson was doing so much work on lore and things like that. And uh, then as the movie progressed or into product, moved into production, we started hearing stuff about, you know, the, the first Jedi temple and all that kind of stuff from uh, last, from uh, force awakens. And it started to seem like, yeah, he was really working on some stuff. So a part of me really thinks or has this hope anyways, that it, that's all connected and that it, he is going back to the first Jedi. I'm not talking like old Republic. I'm talking before that, like the first Jedi, you know, kind of stuff. 
be kind of cool if the guy who did the last Jedi did the first Jedi, you know? <laughs> Excellent. It would be... It's a tantalizing thought that something that they developed for the backstory of the Jedi in The Last Jedi like sort of kick-started this idea for this new uh, part of the timeline. That's uh, very exciting. Yeah, that, I mean, and that makes a lot of sense with, you know, all those Jedi books and stuff like that and where Ryan Johnson's heads have been while developing that kind of stuff. I'm thinking something in there was so good that we're like, that's a trilogy, man. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I read a few interviews with Mark Hamill, and he was saying how he made up like a Luke Skywalker backstory and kind of ran it past Ryan Johnson just to make sure he was kind of like on the right path with where he is and stuff. And regardless if they use it or not, I would love just to read this book by Mark Hamill, the, 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 the fictional Luke Skywalker backstory. That would be the best. At, at some yeah. point, Luke definitely had a mohawk. Right. That, that's what I was going to say. He has an earring and a mohawk because he's, he's always at odds with, with where they want to go and where he thinks it should go. So you know either way it's going to be fun to hear. Um. But I'll also say, unlike our buddy Luke there, uh, who called in last uh, from Bad Motivators, I think the uh, TV show is going to, I think it's going to rock. And the reason why I think that is because Disney wants to get in there and start competing with that Netflix cash, getting that sweet subscription money for a service. And if they go and they make crap Star Wars, there's nothing that's going to torpedo that service more than oh, yeah, you guys made the most forgettable Star Wars of the last 15 years or something, you know? So I got a feeling that it, that, that show is going to be quality because it's, uh, it's linked to, a, to an investment. And uh, I'm not the world's biggest Star Wars Rebels fan, but what they did with, with uh, Rebels was more uh, about, propping up Disney, yeah, about Dis- propping up Disney XD. But Disney XD had already launched, and I think that sort of colored Star Wars Rebels. I kind of think that it, uh, in this instance, we have a better kind of angle to come at this because they're launching a subscription service and that show is ostensibly being pushed forward to sell it. That and a Marvel show. And we've already had Marvel on Netflix too. So they, so they, they, they have to step that up as well. So I kind of think that uh, there's a huge potential uh, for something great out of that. Well, right yeah, because I, I, I think with, um, you know, with Rebels, it's, and listening to how many people have sort of dropped off it, it, it is, there's so much Star Wars media now, it's easy to miss some. Like, you can get sure. used to missing it a bit. Yeah, no, there, I mean, there's, there, are, there have been weeks where Rebels comes out and I don't watch it for a couple of days. And, and I'm not trying to make this into an anti-Rebels thing or go there, but, yeah, you have so many options and so many choices, so many books and comics and films coming out and film news and stuff like that, that your, your kind of uh, imagination can latch onto what you like and let go of what you don't. And that, that's why, like, something like Rebels for me isn't soul-crushing because I'm like, there's so much more stuff. But, uh, but getting into that streaming market, and they also ended uh, Disney Movies Anywhere, like, the same week. Like officially, anyways. So I I, th- I think that speaks loads to how big of a project that service is going to be for them. Someone tweeted. I, I don't know if they tagged you in this one or not, you guys. But it was like, yeah, another ten years of listening to, and then it listed a bunch of podcasts. And I was sort of just like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Con- content. I mean, but it, it's it's really it really is sort of like I think a, a really exciting kind of time. Like this is sort of like 2012 all all over again in a different way from a different perspective, where we don't have there's not people like Star Wars isn't isn't divided right now. It was really divided back then. You know, you had people who were like, oh, I'm a prequel kid, and you had the old guys going, I'm an old guy. 
And uh, it was just kind of like <laughs> not, not the funnest environment. Right now, everybody's just like, yeah, Star Wars, yay. And uh, so no, I, the idea no, that we're going into a you know, I, a what I think, trilogy. What I think the big divide yeah. in Star Wars at the moment is people that can't stand J.J. Abrams' uh, pitch for The Force Awakens and people that think it was a good idea. The real set's practical effects. That's, yeah. that's the divider. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a great divider to have because it's such a real non-issue in the big picture of things. In terms not of like, what we're getting. Not to you? Okay. Not, not well. to me, you judgmental, <laughs> anti-J.J. Abrams rhetoric. With a blank slate is great. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. Where, where do you sit in that debate, uh, Hawes, with the real set's practical effects? They, they lay it on a bit too thick, or was it the right thing to do? So I fe- I'm not going to lie. I felt like maybe it was too much of a talking point, but it's hard to argue, I feel, with the results as far as the look of the movie. Uh, I was delighted to see some of the goofier practical effects like that stupid bird that bangs its head against the metal and that mm-hmm. uh, that thing that pokes its head up out of the sand and watches BB-8. Um, they, you know, at the end of the day, the result of that rhetoric, that, that whole real set practical effect, for me, is hard to argue with. I thought the movie looked really good in that regard. Mm, that's some uh, admirable yeah. fence sitting there, Hawes. Good work. Well, you know, you know I, I actually do agree with them, though. Like, I think they were wrong to even take, like, like the, the marketing was basically, let's forget the last 15 years or last 10 years or whatever. Like, that was the whole goal of it. I think that was kind of lame, and the way that they did it was lame. But you also can't argue with the, with the results because it worked. Yeah. Well, look, uh, I enjoy the prequels, but you also can't ignore that the general public's view of the prequels and stuff was very tied to there was too much CGI. Like, and that was yeah, really and they were true because of the films themselves, but also because the PR people were the ones who actually did that. They were the ones that were releasing those documentaries about how it, oh, yeah. how great it is to work in the digital sphere and all that. And then it's like, and then they were like, oh, no, we don't like that. It's like it was the same people. Well, I, I enrolled in art school to do 3D animation because of those uh, documentaries. So they worked on me. Like, I enjoy yeah. CG. Like, I enjoy the technology of it. But, you know, the public opinion of the past, you know, the previous 10 years of Star Wars or whatever – unfortunately wasn't that high. And I think as much as it annoyed some of us that they kept pushing that, I think it might've been a little necessary to get all those people that wouldn't shut up about CG to come see the movie, you know? Yeah. But I, I think you guys are a bit harsh. Like I was sitting there next to grumpy Jason, who um, did look like a, you know, more homeless than Mark Hamill in the last Jedi at the time. <laughs> And when they said, you know, real sets, practical effects, like one of my complaints about the prequels wasn't all the CGI. It was just the over-reliance of it. So I didn't even take it as a dig. It it spoke to me and just said, oh, we're going to do, you know, we're not going to rely so heavily on it for the sake of it. And I remember feeling like actually as they said it for the first time live, feeling a warm calm come over me. Because I was like, oh, that's... That's one thing I would have changed about the prequels. To, to me, it was, it was like they might as well just have called Devin Faraci on the phone and said, Devin Faraci, we're not doing that anymore. Don't be mean to us. Like, to me, it just felt like be nice to us, dickhead media. Like, that was kind of my yeah. hope. That was how, that was how I was to me. I'm fine with anybody being mean to Devin Faraci, though. Go on. Be mean to that dude. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely. Fuck that guy. But, pause. Oh, sorry, sorry. I pause. Yeah. Are you taking yeah, notes? Are you taking note of how Jason Ward's head works? The voices in his head. He hears <laughs> real sets, practical effects, and in his head he translates it to be nice to a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. 
pretty much. <laughs> oh, Jason. Well, I will uh, let you go, buddy. I'm sure you're recording uh, a podcast this evening. I will be for Monday. Alrighty, so Monday on the Making Star Wars. Now this is podcasting feed. There'll be uh, Sal and Randy and Jason, all uh, and Araj tonight. And Araj, oh, nice, bummer that um, say hey to him. I'm sorry, I'm going to miss him. All right, love you guys. Bye. Bye. Mochi, mochi. All right, and there goes Jason. Oh, Hawes, you just don't know who's going to call in. It's just so exciting here on the Steel Wars call-in show. Hey, um, so we've done about 53 minutes, so we are going to go into bonus time now. So if you are listening live or on the line for calls, we will do a few for the Patreon bonus section. Uh, It's $3 a month. And uh, you get the two Making Steel Wars shows that I was talking about before that we recorded, breaking down the order that all the scenes in the trailer come out. And uh, you get the bonus shows like this and you support the little podcast. Now, Hawes, you uh, host two of my favorite podcasts. Uh, Tell us about those. So uh, I am a host on Blue Harvest with my best friend, Will. That comes out every Saturday. And I also am one of the hosts on Rogue One with Johnny Grosso and sometimes Michael Pappas. And that comes out every Thursday. And both of those are on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Excellent. And your uh, oh, all the links for the Kessel Toy Run, that'll, that'll, be, that'll be in the show notes. So uh, don't worry about plugging all that yeah. stuff. Um, the link to the Blue Harvest Christmas special, which I... Highly recommend. Uh, it's four bucks for four plus hours. Um, you can divide how much time that is per dollar, surely, can't you? It's pretty good value. <laughs> and uh, all the money goes to uh, helping kids have a, uh, a little bit better of a Christmas. So help out your ears while you're helping out kids' cheers. There you go. Hey, Nice. That's a great slogan. Um, I am truly one of the whitest poets of our time. Now, I'm going to uh, use so, that yeah. on Blue Harvest tonight. All right. Thanks, man. What an honor. So uh, thanks so much for listening, you guys. We will go into bonus time for the live listeners and the Patreon members. And these are exciting times. So may that force be with you. Alrighty, we're going to go straight to a Patreon Content Club member, Thomas. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How are you doing, Steel? I am. I am jovial. I'm having a great Friday evening. What are your feelings? Well, what a time to be alive. <laughs> and it's also, I thought we were going to get 